Hello and welcome to the Yarniax podcast. This is episode 92, which we are recording on Friday, July 10th, which just happens to be someone's birthday. <laughs> I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are recording once again from our new favorite recording studio, which is the Redwood Forest at the University of California, Santa Cruz campus. And we're sitting here under the Redwoods and... There's a little bit of ambient noise today because it is a work day and there are moving yeah, trucks around. I was going to say, it's a Friday as opposed to a very quiet Sunday when we were here previously. So there's a little bit more people, more cars, some noise. Yep, but we are hoping to see wildlife sightings nonetheless. And I did bring wooden knitting needles today. So hopefully <laughs> those of you who are out running like Stephanie and other people who were doing things thinking they were being chased by metal noises. That was my needles. That was that day. really odd because mm-hmm. I don't know how they made that jingling noise. And when I listened to the episode, when I was previewing it before we released it, I kept looking around thinking Boo was walking up on me because he has a little bell and so a little metallic tinkle. Well, I wonder but, if I might have had, I probably did have my little bell stitch marker. I didn't. I, I didn't, might have. I don't know. I didn't notice it. So, so okay. there you go. I'm trying not to be as, <laughs> as distracting with my knitting paraphernalia, but yes. we are, again, Friday... July 10th, and I just literally got home from my vacation yesterday, so I've had maybe 24 hours in Santa Cruz, (laughs) so I'm still acclimating to real life. Had an amazing vacation, and just... I'm, Max was calling it sappy. We're sad and happy to be back from vacation. Our first vacation in a long time where we weren't all ready to come home. We just could have stayed and stayed and stayed. So we had a wonderful vacation, although it was really, really nice to see Lucy when we got home. She yeah, really, really missed us. So that was nice. But let's get into some knitting. So we won't ask Charlene what she's wearing today because she's not wearing any hand knits. I'm not wearing anything hand knit. We're having... A few days of very oddly tropical weather here in Santa Cruz. It's alternately very warm and sunny with foggy, cloudy, and sunny. So it's become quite muggy today, and it's hot. (laughs) Yeah, we have one of the car doors open so that we don't suffocate. Yeah, but Gail is wearing something handmade today. So Gail, what are you wearing? I am wearing my literally over-the-top tank, which is a pattern by Megan Williams of the Stockinette Zombies, which I knit in my Toluca Knit Cotton. And it's just a happy little tank to wear. I really like it. Mm -hmm. It's cotton, so it's not form-fitting. It's just a nice little layer, and it does have a lace pattern, so you have to wear a cami or something underneath it, but I love it. It's a really happy little tank. I love mine. Yep, so that's what I decided to wear today. All right. And what are you knitting? I am working on my easy folded poncho. I can't remember if I started this. You did. When we last record. Okay. Or maybe either I, that or maybe you were just watching it. Maybe I, I, yeah, I can't remember. But this is a pattern that Gail has previously knit. It is a pattern from Church Mouse Yarns and Tea in Washington. Yeah, I the believe. San Juan Islands of Washington State. Okay, it is in Washington. And this pattern, basically, you just knit a rectangle and then sew it up in a, in a style that becomes a little poncho and there are folks that have added stitch patterns to it you can you can create it any way you want I myself have done it in a ribbed pattern so there's alternating 10 stitches of knit and purl so it's actually quite a big rib and when once I block it out I anticipate that it's not really going to be a ribbed fabric it's just going to be just going to look kind of subtly different yeah the colors are just going to be very subtly different oh that's true because of the garter not garter but the pearls and the knits it yeah. will give it a slightly yeah. different it, oh it, I didn't it, even they think should that. look very subtle yeah and I am also going in addition to that change I'm doing mine in lace weight, which is completely different from the pattern, but doing it at the same gauge. So the fabric is very loose, very light, and I, when people ask me what I'm knitting, I've been joking, saying that, well, it's actually an experiment because I'm hoping that it will block out and lay flat 
and stretch out to the length that it's supposed to be because if it doesn't it's going to be a scarf it looks like a scarf right now yes. <laughs> it does it look like, like a, a wide scarf. scarf but if you hold it up and and stretch it out yeah it's, then it's much wider it hangs down properly so we'll just have to see if it blocks out <laughs> but it is beautiful and it's for the colors of fall knit along yes correct? it is the oh amethyst orchid amethyst orchid thank you very much which i'm a little worried when i see this big swath of amethyst orchid i'm worried that i'm going to feel like an easter egg a little bit <laughs> well but it's not an all-encompassing garment like if it was a long-sleeved sweater it would be more of an impact than this yeah. is going to be yeah less fabric than that so but i don't think you're gonna have color. yeah and you aren't gonna have easter eggs in and them. it's tonal so it's gorgeous i'm going with it <laughs> gorgeous so this is my first entry into the colors yarniax colors of fall 2015 knit along i am hoping to get a second one on the needle soon maybe today i keep saying i keep Yay, joking birthday that cast i need on. to have a birthday cast on and for some reason i did not plan one we'll see how the rest of the day oh goes. yeah you've got it <laughs> You gotta. How about you? What are you knitting? I am on the home stretch of my A Hint of Summer sweater, which is a pattern by Isabel Kramer, which was a project I started for the Yarniax Colors of Fall 2014 knit along, and I abandoned it very quickly after starting it. But this was most of my vacation knitting, and it is just round and round and round stock net, so it was perfect. It's lovely. And it's lace weight, and it. I am on the last four row stripe before I start the hem and it has an asymmetric hem which is kind of a shirt tail bottom so it's slightly longer on the back than on the front and that's all done by a short rows mm -hmm. so I will start that today and then I will have the neck the collar treatment to do and the sleeves and because it's it's a very big boxy styled sweater so the sleeves are drop shouldered and thus they've the body of the sweater, the sleeves start there. So the sleeves are rather short compared to a regular sweater. So the sleeves shouldn't take me that long. Nice. So my goal would be to be done with this by the end of the weekend, but that's kind of ambitious. So we'll see. But Well, you're still in that vacation state of mind. I so totally maybe. am. I totally <laughs> am. I decided one of my goals when planning the vacation, well, Mike did all of the planning. He was fabulous. But I said, I want to have at least two days at home after the vacation before going back to, to work. To recover from the vacation. Right. Mm -hmm. And the kids were so funny yesterday. They said, why did we come back before you had to go to work? Why didn't we stay till the very last day? I said, honey, you, there's acclimation time. You have to get all the laundry done and everything put away and everything settled. And getting this sweater done might be achievable. But we'll see. And the, when I was on vacation, I did finish one of my Colors of Fall entries because I finished my three-color cowl, which has the stormy weather dark gray in it. And there's a truck backing up behind us right now. Let's see if I can close my door a little bit. And that was really fun because I got to take pictures out in the tropical plants in oh, front of nice. the last hotel. I had finished the knitting like the second day we were on vacation but was lazy and didn't want to weave in the ends. And then I realized, oh my gosh, you're almost done with vacation. You have to weave in the ends and take some pictures out here. So my first entry into our knit along is complete and it's beautiful. It's so pretty. I forgot to bring it to show you, but it's not blocked yet either. So, but it's very pretty. So I'm super happy with that. And I think that's what we're knitting, right? That is what we are knitting. So this is going to be a unique episode because instead of doing our regular segments, we are going to focus on the closing of the second quarter of Love Your Stash. So I've called it a knit-along, but it's really not a knit-along. It's a stash-along. Yes. It's, as you phrase it the best, changing the culture. Changing the culture of stash. Yep. I want everyone, instead of feeling guilty about owning their stash, to have a stash that makes them feel good and empowered and yay knitting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make them excited to be a knitter. Make you excited to use your stash. Love everything that's in it. Get rid of the things that make you feel bad. Changing yeah, choose, the culture of stash. Choose joy. <laughs> and if something in your stash isn't bringing you joy, move it on to someone who will feel joy from it. And we've had so many people participating 
and such great support and enthusiasm and reading everybody's stories about, oh, I decided I don't like knitting with lace weight yarn, so I passed it all on to a friend, or I had this huge acrylic stash that I'd been hanging on to and I gave it to a senior center, or whatever the story is, it's been so, you used the word empowering, empowering and freeing. Freeing is a good way to say it too, because I think a lot of people feel there's there is weighed some down weighed down is a better way to say it i don't like to use the word guilt because to me i don't know i should never negative connotation yes yeah. i shouldn't feel guilty for my stash or my but, knitting in any way yes yeah. exactly but do, people do they feel weighed down in the same way that when you're surrounded by clutter people can feel weighed down so if you're surrounded by too much stash and you're not happy about all that stash then you can feel weighed down so freeing is a wonderful way you give it away and move it on to somebody who will use it and you can feel good about it and lighter yep and it also you know robbie photo knit gal on ravelry she started this whole idea at the beginning of the year and it was also, as you've mentioned before, part of like the decluttering mm -hmm. movement of 2015. It has been a big topic for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So this really fit in with all that because decluttering in general can just free you and make you feel like there's just more space in your life for the other things that make you happy. Right. So in support of all that, this whole movement, each quarter people who have participated have stated their goals in the beginning of the quarter and your goals can be anything from I want to love my stash to a list of more stringent or more focused goals. It's ranged the gamut from going easy on myself and just loving my stash to okay I really want to get these whips done, I want to get these things on the needles, I want to get this organized, I want to get this into Ravelry whatever it is. Go ahead and check out the threads if you're interested. But there are two different threads, one to state your goals and then the other for chatter. And at the end of the quarter, we've had drawings for prizes. So we've had some great patterns. We've had some great just gifts from people. Robbie has been making project bags, which when she picks the winner, she goes and sees what their favorite colors are and she makes project bags accordingly. Personalized. Personalized, bags. no How doubt. Awesome is that? So there have just been, and it's not even you know, designed for the prizes specifically, but hey, who doesn't like a prize? So it's just been a really fun thing to do. And we wanted to do one, a quick update on our Q2 goals. And two, Charlene had a fabulous idea back at the Northern California Knitting Retreat. Could you tell us what that idea was? We talked to some of our fellow attendees at the retreat and gave them the opportunity to tell us a little bit or a little something about what's in their stash, something about their stash, how they feel about stashing. Everyone's take on it was a little bit different. So it'll be fun to hear what people have to say. And then Gail and I will add our little comments too. <laughs> yeah. And so what was your... I think you only had one major goal or a couple major goals. For I only had one and that was to somehow organize or maybe start doing a little bit of spinning. Those of you that have been listening for a little while know that a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I dabbled a little bit in learning to spin. The reason being I felt like I wanted to learn more about yarn. I don't know if I will ever become a prolific spinner, although when I have done it, I have enjoyed it, but I don't know if that will ever become a, a as regular as, a, as knitting of a hobby for me. Although I do hope to move in that direction. Reason being, as I become older, my arms and my, especially my tennis elbow, the elbow tendonitis tends to flare up more frequently. I get aches in the fingers Aww. from using certain types of yarn and certain types of needles. And for my own self-preservation, I think having another hobby that uses my arms and my fingers and my hands in a different way is probably better for the longevity of the craft for me. So I'm hoping to move in that direction. And part of that was my Q2 goal of getting myself and my spinning 
things as few as they are organized because at the time I had started gathering a little bit of fiber, a couple spinning tools, and they were just all over the place, tucked here and there. And for me to move forward, I had to organize that, which I did. I've also started doing a little bit of hand carding, which was kind oh, really? of fun. Yeah. My neighbor is a very prolific spinner, and she had given me some fleece that she wanted to move out and showed me a little bit about hand carding and I'm still not sure that I'm really doing it properly but I have taken it out several times in the past few weeks and I've done that and it's made me feel really good oh, I'm, I feel like I'm moving forward with this goal I didn't know that you were doing that I'd love <laughs> yeah. to see that in action I will show you next time very cool <laughs> so I I consider my small movement a go um a win yeah, indeed. Yes. How about you? What was your goal? My goals, I had goals. several goals, yeah, <laughs> and I consider most of them successes. So I only wanted to buy three patterns the whole mm -hmm. quarter. Well, I did buy more than three. However, I did not buy patterns on a whim, and almost every pattern I bought, I cast on for, I have cast on for already. Nice. So either that or I purchased the pattern as a gift and I've already knit the pattern. So that's moving in the right direction because I'm kind of a pattern collector. Like, <laughs> you know, you have your stash of yarn, I have a stash of patterns. So that's that went really well. I was hoping to get Mike's sweater a third of the way done, which it is not, but it's on the needles. So that's a win. Yeah. Definitely. I wanted to finish one of my sweater whips and I did. I finished my traveler tunic. I wanted to knit up a sweater quantity of yarn, which I did. I knit my focus dress. I wanted to knit one or two single skein projects of deep stash yarn, which I did. And I think there are one or two others that I can't remember at the moment. Oh, to not buy yarn online for mm -hmm. any reason, period. Well, I did buy yarn for a gift. I didn't, that doesn't count in my opinion. No, I don't think it does. I bought one more skein of Madeline Tosh DK Twist for my blanket. And I bought, oh, there was someone de-stashing Tosh oh, Merino Light. Yeah. And I bought, it, she was selling it for $15 a skein. And there were some colors that are difficult to find. So I grabbed up some of those as well. And it was a beautiful trio. Yeah, I got three beautiful colors. Mm -hmm. So I did buy that yarn online, but I don't think I bought any yarn in person anywhere. Wow. When we went yarn shopping that day, I didn't buy any, did I? I don't think we, either no. one of us did. No. So that's a pretty huge win for me. That was a really good quarter in terms of yarn purchases. So I'm really proud of my Q2 success. And my Q3 goals, I think, are going to be focused in the same direction. You know, I really want to work on my sweater. I have the Christmas deadline for that, so I still have five and a half months. But at the rate I'm going, I will need every day of that. And I still want to continue not purchasing yarn and patterns unless it's something that I'm actually going to use in a project right away or cast on the pattern right away. So I'm feeling much better about focused, intentional buying instead of just, oh, I feel like buying something and being kind of irresponsible that way. So Great. it's all moving in the right direction. Yay. So, yay. And that's success. Exactly. <laughs> so super happy Q2. And so many people had very positive Q2, love your stash mm -hmm. progress. So, and it kind of makes me sad. Sometimes people say, oh, I failed on my goals. Well, there's no really such fail. thing as failure in this. Yeah. It's just love what you have, use what you love. And if you still bought yarn or if you still didn't achieve every goal perfectly, well, did you love your stash? If you did, then you win. Right. <laughs> That's all there is to it. So now let's move on to the Northern California Knitting Retreat mm -hmm. little interviews. Yeah. And we say interviews, but these are like two or three minute at the most little blurbs yes. from people that we spoke yeah. to. So they're short and sweet. And each of them spoke about something different from their stash, like a different perspective on their stash, which was really interesting because Charlene left it really open-ended. I did. I tried to because everybody you say the word stash and it evokes something different for everybody either a feeling or a yarn or a project everybody kind of thinks about something different and i wanted 
to leave that individuality up to people. And so, it worked perfectly. Yeah. Okay. So the first two people we spoke to are Erin, who is Erin B. on Ravelry. She is one of the awesome hostesses of the Double Knit podcast. And her friend, Monica, who is Kirby Mo on Ravelry. They both came all the way from Seattle, Washington to attend the retreat. And they are amazing women. I had so much fun with those two. I don't think I've laughed as hard in my life <laughs> as we laughed that Saturday night. It was just amazing. So what we're going to do is we're going to let you listen to their comments about Stash. And then we'll come back and add our comments. Okay. Okay. Here are Aaron and Monica. We are here with Aaron, who is Aaron B. on Ravelry. Erin, what is the oldest thing in your stash? The oldest thing in my stash is probably, I have a skein of Yarn Lust, which is off of Etsy. And it's like this crazy variegated pink that I don't know why I bought it, because I'm not usually a pink <laughs> person. But it's hanging out in there, and the reason why it's hanging out in there, for has been hanging out in there for so long, is it doesn't have nylon in it. I think I bought it before I knew about, you know having nylon in your socks to make them wear a little right. better. So it's socks so. and they can't become socks because it, they won't last. Yes, but it's pink. So I don't, maybe it'll be something for my daughter. Or maybe a shawl. Or maybe a shawl. Something that doesn't require nylon. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah, I have something for my stash too. Absolutely. Um, but this weekend I bought pink yarn. Yay! Yay! On purpose. It's beautiful. <laughs> With a plan. Kind of a plan. And it's from A Verb for Keeping Warm, and it's Reliquary 2, and it's a lace weight that has Superwash Merino, and I think uh, cashmere in it, and silk. It's, it's a luxury blend, and I'm excited to work on that next. A very Yay. nice Yay. treat. Souvenir yarn. Yes. Because mm -hmm. that's Erin B. from the Double Knit podcast, and Erin and Monica are both from Seattle, so they came a long way to be here. Yay! Yay. It's been a lot of fun, too. Yes. It has been. Yes. So and Monica, Monica. <laughs> Kirby Mo on Ravelry. Yes. What is the oldest yarn in your stash? Well, I think I might be knitting with it right now. I just cast on for another custom fit, which I do. Uh, it's Hazel Knits, um, which, which is also knit. my favorite <laughs> yarn ever. Um, Hazel Knits, uh, DK Lively in Sassafras. It was a sweater once. I did not like that sweater, so I ripped it out and started oh. a new one. Ooh, so not only is it some of your oldest stash, but it's repurposed stash. Absolutely. Excellent. From your Excellent. favorite dyer. I could not get rid Perfecta. of this yarn. Yep, it it had to be a sweater that fit me well. So. And it was fun because we got to watch her cast on yesterday after she successfully completed her custom fit vest. There was some celebration involved, and she couldn't <sighs> wait to cast on with the yarn, so it was very exciting. Absolutely. We got to see it firsthand. Yeah. Very excited about this sweater. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So I have a box of odd yarn bits and partial skeins that has really become a catch-all box over the years. And I've purged it several times in the past, but there are still some odd old things in there. One example is that I had a bag of <laughs> Kid Silk Haze remnants that I had saved thinking I was going to do a shawl, and I held on to these for several years, and that shawl never got cast on, never got cast on, and I finally realized that that bag was weighing me down more than the desire to yeah. cast on that shawl. So when we went to the retreat, I brought that bag of Kid Silk Haze remnants, and I handed it off to Nitty Barb of the Two Knit Lit Chicks podcast because I know she has a Kid Silk Haze project going on right now. And in fact, she had traded some colors with a, well, a friend of hers, they had split balls so that they would have differing colors. And <laughs> my 10-year-old boy. <laughs> and she had run short of a few colors. So I said, Barb, please take these. And I felt really good about it. And no regrets. I'm happy to have that gone. <laughs> That's like one of the lightening of your load stuff when you yes. know you've passed stash on to someone who's, gonna who's going to love it and appreciate it and it. use that, it. It's such a good feeling. That's fab fabulous. I was very happy about that. But aside from the odds, odd ends, I when I looked in my Ravelry stash, which is not necessarily my odds and ends, but my project quantities, 
I found I had two skeins of an olive green Elan sock yarn that is probably my oldest official stash. And I don't know why, when I look at the yarn, the yarn is really pretty. It's a very light olivey green. It's not dark. It's a color that can be used and be pretty. I'm not sure why I haven't used it. Yeah, if you like the color. Yeah, it's, it's a very nice color. Obviously, I bought it. We'll see. I've, I think I've just never been inspired by the right sock pattern. Who knows? Last time I looked at it, I thought maybe I'm just going to double it up and make a baby sweater. And I love that idea. Yeah, I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, so that that's that might be where that I go with that yarn. How about you? What's the oldest thing in your stash? The oldest thing in my stash, which, you know, Charlene and I are always on the same wavelength with knitting, <laughs> is a skein of Kid Silk Haze by mm. Rowan. And I remember specifically buying this yarn before leaving to move to France. I had purchased certain things for certain projects. And I purchased a skein of bright pink, very my color, Kid Silk Haze and beads to make the Ice Queen Snood, which oh, was in yes. Knitting Magazine eight or something years ago. I love that pattern It's still. beautiful. Yes. And the yarn is in a plastic Ziploc bag with the beads where it has been since I purchased it in oh, 2008. <laughs> so a long, long time ago. And that's a really pretty pattern. You need to make that. I should make it, shouldn't I? It's been, it's funny because it has traveled with me on all of my journeys and all the different places that I've lived, it just lives in my stash. And someday mm -hmm. I'm finally going to be inspired to knit it because it's a beautiful smoke ring slash snood slash cowl, but it's ethereal. It's a very lacy pattern with the beads in it. And who, I want to say it's Rosemary Hill. I don't know. I think it is. is. Hmm. I think it is, but I'm not guaranteeing that's true. And the other pattern I was considering it for was Wisp, which is oh, a which is scarf. another knitty pattern yeah, that another. I think is lovely and have wanted to make over the years myself. Yep. <laughs> so those were the two patterns. But again, I was Ice Queen is really what it was meant to become because mm. of the beads. Yeah. So yeah, 2008, I purchased that. And that's, I am 99.9% .9 sure is the oldest thing in my stash. <laughs> so I've been pretty good more recently about using the older skeins. Because, you know, I bought them because I liked them. And if I didn't like them anymore, I'm passing them on. Right. So I love it. <laughs> That's my oldest. All right. Our next little chat is with Lorian, who is Meow Lamb on Ravelry. And she came up from Southern California. And this was her first ever knitting retreat. Mm -hmm. Much like us. It was our yes. first ever knitting <laughs> retreat. So here is Lorian. We're here with Lorian, who is Meow Lamb on Ravelry and a frequent participant in our group. And we were just talking about how she's discovered podcasts and blogs and the knitting community in general in the not-too-distant past and how that opened up her love of her stash. So tell us some more, Lorian. Oh, love of my stash. My goodness. Last year was my year of going absolutely crazy, despite what Charlene always says, where there's always more yarn. There's always more there's yarn. There's always more yarn. So that's kind of been my mantra this year. Because last year, when the Yarniacs opened up my eyes to the world and I started discovering more blogs and more podcasts, every time a knitter would enthuse about the most, their most recent acquisition or what they just knitted up, I immediately jumped on the internet and took a look at it and bought. Because there's only one yarn store in my town, all the other yarn stores, because I live in the LA area, all mm -hmm. the other yarn stores, you don't talk about how far away they are in miles, you talk about hours, and yeah. on the weekend for me, you know, driving an hour and a half or two hours to it's a yarn store, no way, right, so um, the internet just has opened up my world from a social aspect, but my stash just exploded, um, and finding out that there was more to knit than just what you find at Michael's. Yes. That was the other thing. I And finding out that merino is not itchy. Yes. To me, the word wool <laughs> just would make my skin crawl. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and finally discovering merino and different kinds of wool used for different things. Last year, I don't know if it was last year, but I discovered you last year, and as I told you, I binge listened to all your podcasts. <laughs> um, I when you did the series on local wool and yes. types of wool, mm-hmm. then I started buying all those. So I have single <laughs> skeins, and I actually have them in their own box. Each one nice. is labeled. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But I have a special drawer for all of my cool breed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I normally don't buy single skeins because I don't know what I would do with a single skein. Um, so I normally buy a couple skeins. But now I am paying much more attention to all the patterns that I have queued. And I'm actually knitting from my staff. Yay! Yeah, great. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Thank yeah. you so much, and you've been a great participant in the group. Oh, thank and we really you. appreciate We've it. Your time. I just want to thank both of you very much for oh, the effect you've had on the community. Thank, thank you, you very much. So I have definitely been curating my stash and reducing. Like I mentioned, I've gotten rid of lots of partial balls for things that I thought I would knit, but really currently have no interest in making. Would I rather buy something that I love? Yes. And can store easily? Yes. Or re- or would I rather not buy something because I don't have room in my stash boxes? No, I'd, I'd rather buy something oh, that's that a good I really point. love. Yeah, get rid of the stuff that's just taking up space so that you yeah. can buy something better. Yeah. And as Lorian says, I do have a fondness for saying there's always more yarn. Yep. Because people, there is always more yarn. And... Whatever is popular today, something's going to be equally popular next year, and you're going to want it. That's true. <laughs> and are you going to have room for it? <laughs> yep. So yep. that's kind of my thought. Just keep keep a little room in those stash boxes. <laughs> well, and it's funny because you've been saying there's always more yarn to me for how many years that we've been friends? <laughs> And there are days that I can hear you saying that in my head, and I'll put the yarn down and walk away, because there is always more yarn. There is always more yarn, and there will always be more yarn coming. Yep. And yarn, whatever is popular, comes and goes. Think of eyelash yarn. (laughs) I was just thinking novelty yarn. It's like a wave. Popularity rises. Popularity goes down. Right now... For the last couple of years, tonal yarns have been really popular. Indie dyers have been really popular. I hope that continues forever. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go away. But right now, we're seeing a lot of speckled yarns come in, and they're very popular. And I love the speckled yarns. We should knit with our speckled yarn yarn. soon before it goes out of style again. We should, Oh my gosh, I I didn't even think of that until just now. (laughs) There's that thought, too. Oh gosh, yeah, because the frozen (laughs) yarn I bought from Kim of Western Sky Knits at stitches 2015 i want to knit a vanadium sweater from lisa mm-hmm, much mm-hmm. i think that would be really pretty yeah. in that yarn yeah. oh i've got to move that up in my queue <laughs> i'm all excited now okay and lorian said that the internet was kind of the gateway to yes. her acquiring so much stash and i can relate to that 100 percent, especially after moving back to the u.s from france having all the shipping options available again and having access to all the yarn. And I went pretty crazy. I held it in check for a few months after we got back. And for some reason that first year around September, I just bought so much yarn and a lot of my stash acquisition really started then. And I also know that part of that is because I discovered the Madeline Tosh online store. Mm. If you don't know, and if you don't want to know, go, I can hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. (laughs) But the Madeline Tosh online store, they sell different bases than you can buy in a local yarn store. So when I've talked about Madeline Tosh DK Twist and Madeline Tosh Merino Cashmere Nylon Blend, those are all only available on the Madeline Tosh store website or the Madeline Tosh store in Texas if you happen to be able to go there. And they also sell different colors in the online store than they do in local yarn stores, but only on those unique bases. You can't buy Tosh Merino Light. You cannot buy vintage. You cannot buy the same things that you buy in your local yarn store. But I got sucked into the whole, there's, okay, so there are two groups on Ravelry. There's the Madeline Tosh Lovers group, and there's the Madeline Tosh Shop Stalkers group. 
and I got into the stalkers group and I went a little bit crazy and I bought a lot of yarn and I've loved all of it. I've knit, oh, probably all the yarn I've purchased from the online store. I probably knit, but it, I kind of went off the deep end there. And then that's why I, I knit so much with Madeline Tosh is because I acquired a lot during that time. And I have since, you know, then Madeline Tosh was considered an indie dyer still kind of at that time. Now I don't think she can be considered indie. She has far too big of a right. of an operation, yeah. but that led me to, oh, next is indie dyers. So, you know, discovering Kim and Heather of Western Sky Knits and discovering Neighborhood Fiber Company and Dragonfly Fibers and all of those that are still small. You mm -hmm. know the actual woman who's dyeing your yarn. You have a relationship with her and you're supporting not just someone who who is working at a craft. I mean, she is dyeing yarn. There's a craft and an art to that. But you're also supporting someone you like. So that that part of online purchasing continues for me. I haven't done as much this year. I did most of my damage live at Stitches in February. I bought a lot in person. So my online purchasing has been down, but that's one of my favorite parts of online yarn purchases is that you can cruise Etsy or Big Cartel for your favorite dyers and get a couple skeins of yeah. something that's totally unique because yeah. one indie dyer is so different from another and depending on what you like, oh, there's so many things mm -hmm. to find. Yeah. Oh, it's just so much fun. So that's been my internet experience, but you don't shop. You don't buy online yarns. I don't anymore. I have a little bit in the past. Every, yeah, I have tried it. And I have had a couple of disappointing experiences where what I thought the yarn was, was not what was ultimately delivered to me. And I'm not saying that there was a difference or that something was wrong. It's just sometimes you can't really tell. Sometimes you can't feel the yarn. Yeah. You can't tell. You can't see it. You can't you, see the actual color. Yeah. Sometimes color changes are just very subtle. Monitors can make a yarn look different. If you look at a yarn on your phone as opposed to your computer monitor, it, there's just too many variables for me. And I'm, I'll admit it, I'm a little picky. That's good though. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate that about you because I feel like you have a more refined <laughs> shopping sense for you do though. You you want to hold it, you want to feel it, you want to really look at the color. You take it into natural light. You'll open a hank and look at the variegation or the tonal changes in the yarn. You know, I'm like, oh I really like that color. I want a sweater in that color. Oh, let me look. You take the time to really look at it. You will even sometimes like untwist the plies at the end it's, a little bit and it's a very tactile thing for me i do i like to feel it and hold it before i put my money there yeah so. and i really like that <laughs> yeah i've learned a lot about yarn shopping from you over the last <laughs> decade or so and it really it has enhanced my yarn shopping greatly it, it's turned me actually from a less spontaneous buyer for the most part into someone who takes the time to think about what I'm buying and really look at it and think about how it's going to knit up, what garment would I use it for? Would it give the yeah. drape I want? You know, is how it... does it fit into your wardrobe? Exactly. I, I, I'm constantly considering that one too. And you know, one of the things that I should mention too is that if, like, well, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that several years ago I got laid off, and I have kept. I think I have tried to keep that sensibility with me about being very careful where my yarn purchase money goes. Not to say that I don't allow myself to purchase yarn because obviously I do, but I'm just, I, I want, I really want to like it. Yeah, I, and yeah. I don't want to have yarn regret or anything like that. <laughs> Buyer's remorse. Yes, yes. That's yeah, a which much is, better way of saying it. Yeah, that. because that's the kind of thing. I'm such an impulse. I'm an impulsive person in general. I don't have a lot of patience and I'm very, I like it. And if it's something that I want, well, then I'm probably going to buy it. But <laughs> not, I'm not reckless. But especially my, you know, when the, my internet discovery of yarn happened I was definitely more impulsive and spontaneous yeah. than I am now yeah. now I actually have learned enough to be thoughtful about my purchases so 
I, I appreciate think... that. Those lessons from you. Well, and several years ago, it was a newer thing for yes. everyone yeah. that the this big, wide option of online yarn was suddenly available and there were more and more dyers getting into it. And there are still more and more dyers getting into it. But the the means of delivery have increased. There are more places like Etsy and more more places where individual websites where you can just more dyers. Mm-hmm. Just more yarn is available. Yep. So it follows that people will be purchasing more too. Yep. Yeah. All right. So our next two are Kelly and Marsha. So Kelly is 100 Projects on Ravelry and Marsha is M. Fusel, I believe. Mm-hmm. She's going to she'll spell it out for us. They are the hostesses of the Two Use Fiber Adventure podcasts. Mm-hmm. And Kelly participated quite a bit, especially in Q1 of the Love Your Stash. She was doing a lot of weaving. She has a lot of combed yarns. And she, in addition to the weaving, she also was holding strands together to knit a sweater, which we got to see her knitting on at the retreat, which was very exciting. So here we go. Let's hear from Kelly and Marcia. So we are here with Kelly and Marcia of the Two Use Fiber Adventures. And Kelly is going to tell us a little bit about the oldest yarn she has in her stash. And Kelly is 100 Projects on Ravelry, and she participates a lot in the Love Your Stash group. So, Well, I have quite a bit of stash, and... I was telling Gail and Charlene that some of my stash even predates my knitting and spinning and weaving adventures. Um, I have a lot of yarn that I've gotten from people who have died or have gone to a nursing home and I was taking a weaving class and met people that way. And so whenever they knew of someone who had yarn, it was brought to the class. And I cannot resist coned yarn. (laughs) I especially cannot resist yarn that other people look at and don't want and then I try to think of what I could do with it. I have yarn in my stash that I probably never will do anything with but I just didn't like the fact that it seemed so unloved. Yeah like the orphan yarn. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. yeah so that's that's where a lot of my stash has come from and I, right now I'm doing some knitting projects where I'm combining strands of really thin weaving yarn, coned cotton silk and linen and that's been a really fun experiment to see how those yarns mesh together and nice. make a fabric. Yeah, the nice. sweater you're knitting right now with three different pieces held together is very pretty. Thank you. Yeah, she if you have been following the thread since Q one, Kelly posted swatches of it, so now I've been able to see it in real real life and it's very pretty. Thank you. Okay, now it's Marcia's turn. Okay, and I'm Marcia and I'm M Fusel on Ravelry. Thank you. And that's a weird it's M F U E S E L. And um, my stash is different than Kelly's because I came to it differently than she did. I was always had the mindset that you buy the pattern and then find the yarn to go with the pattern. And since Kelly and I have been doing more with fiber, I've changed my viewpoint where I now buy yarn if I'm on a trip, have something to remember the trip by, usually sock yarn. And, um, and then I've been trying to find ways to repurpose some of the sweaters that I made years ago that no longer fit. Um, So I have ideas for that. And then this retreat um, was dangerous (laughs) because the de-stash room was really dangerous because it was fun to kind of break out of that mindset I always have of having the pattern and finding the yarn to go with the pattern. So I found a lot, I found some cone yarn because Kelly inspired me with what she's doing with the cone yarn. I'm going to try combining the cone yarn with another yarn. Um, and then just literally five minutes ago, I took some, um, <laughs> some, uh, it's baby, it's yarn for baby sweaters. It's a pale pink, but the label on it, it has to be from the forties or fifties. And I, again, like Kelly, I could not let that go off someplace. I, so I think I might over dye it. As that well. was the other interesting thing you said a few minutes ago oh. is that some of the yarn, like the orphan yarns that you look at them with the eyes of someone who dies now so that right. you see it like maybe it's baby pink and it's not a color you, you would normally use, but 
now that you die, right. you can over-dye it or make it into something that you want right. to use. And we picked up also the brown patents. There's, <laughs> we could not pass that A whole that sweater up. quantity. A whole sweater's full of yarn <laughs> that we, and I think um, when we get home, I think on Tuesday after Kelly gets home from work, we're going to over-dye that. We're going to play with Experiment. it. Oh, Experiment. Oh, fun. So yeah, I, I think my, Kelly's influenced me a lot to take yarn and uh, combine it with other things. Uh, like with the sock yarn, I always bought it with the idea that I was going to make a pair of socks, but right. now I've taken it and combined it with other yarns and made shawls. Yep. Nice. Which, nice. I mean, a lot of people are doing that, but that was something new for me. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. Much. Thank you. So what yarns can we not resist? What can we not let be orphans? Yes. For, for me, I tend to, if I'm buying something without thought of a pattern already in mind, just purchasing yarns for stash. I tend to look at fingering weights because that's the weight of garment that I wear most often. I prefer tonal dyes and my colors are purples and grays. You guys know that. <laughs> yep. I admire the way that Kelly and Marsha can look at the orphan yarns and they can see beyond what color it is or what gauge it is. They can take <clears throat> take a yarn and mix it with something else to create a yarn that's a different gauge and take a quantity of yarn that's in a color they don't like and see beyond that and dye it. That's another skill that I haven't tried yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How about you? What yarns can you not resist? I think it's the same as you. You know, I tend towards the fingering weights because it's what we can wear mm -hmm. the most easily around here. And definitely tonal colors. Mm -hmm. Variegated, I always love looking at, but I never know what to do with it when I buy it. So I don't... There was a time that I would still buy variegated yarns. Mm -hmm. When I didn't understand it well enough, I would think that Malabrigo Worsted, for example, is going to be a self-striping mm -hmm. and not realize it was a variegated mm -hmm. yarn. So not so much on the variegated, but definitely tonals. I don't enjoy knitting with flat colors at all anymore. And there are always like the random skeins that you fall in love with there when are. you're out shopping. Yeah. So, I, I have several just single skeins. Most of them are sock yarns that I will use hopefully eventually for shawls. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple random, I shouldn't say random skeins, but a couple single skeins of variegated colors that I've purchased over the years because I, I love the colors together and those probably will become shawls. But like you, I don't always know what to make with them because you have to be careful with some variegated yarns. You can't do a busy stitch pattern, for example, right. or cables I, I guess you can some people do and it, it's looked very nice it you just have to be careful about the pairing yeah i agree the project more thoughtful about yeah. the pairing i should say yeah we're, we're just talking about single skeins oh the anzula trunk show when she was here mm -hmm. that's one of the examples of me learning from you i was carrying around that milk protein mm -hmm. base that was so incredibly soft and amazing and I was petting it and carrying it around and carrying it around, but thinking, oh, I can justify a one skein purchase and do something simple with it, like a shawl or whatever. But there's always more yarn. <laughs> put it down. You don't need to buy it. So that would have been in the past. That certainly would have been one of my single skeins that ended up in my stash yeah. waiting for the perfect yeah. project. It wasn't variegated, but it was definitely unique and beautiful. And I'd never seen anything like it. And the temptation was great. So it was there. Okay. Who's next? Next we have Kelly. Kelly! From the Shorties Sutures podcast. And Kelly is going to tell us about lessons she has learned from stashing. And if you don't listen to, well, so far everyone we've interviewed almost has been a podcaster and all of their podcasts are fantastic. And Kelly Shorty Sutures is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. She is so entertaining. So here is Kelly. We are here with Kelly Black of the Shorty's Sutures podcast. And Kelly wants to tell us about lessons learned from her stashing experience. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with y'all. I have 
I have a lot of just single skeins in my stash. I always get a souvenir skein if I'm traveling and uh, you oh, know pick fun. something up. So I have a, a lot of um, things that I haven't gotten to yet that I'm really glad are there. But I have definitely acquired way too many skeins of yarn that just kind of haunt me sitting there in my stash. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> and some of them have come from when I first got back into crochet and then started, mm-hmm. you know, learning to knit. So there were kind of mistake collections, mm-hmm. you know, but other ones, even as recent as six months ago, um, it was right before Christmas. I decided, oh, I'm going to make all these little amigurumi <laughs> things for certain Oops. nieces or, yeah. you know, and then as I sit down to make them and I had purchased 20 single skeins of nitpicks oh, broadcasted in various colors. I realized how much I hate the project <laughs> that I'm working on, and I, I just couldn't finish, you know. And it was one of those projects that I thought, oh, you need to be working on this. Christmas is coming. Uh, and it was just some little Hello Kitty critters. You know, it was yeah. a very they cute very pattern cute. book yeah. that I bought, you know. Oh, yeah. I was so excited to get the book. I was even on a waiting list for the book. And so it finally <laughs> arrives, and then I didn't want to make the stuff that I, I sat down to make. So I'm having to um, kind of... Rethink, rethink what that. to do with all of those yeah. little single skeins. Yeah. Blanket. Yes. Blanket would be good. <laughs> yeah. I'm debating. What are my options? Well, so. we look forward to hearing what you decide. Yes, we well, do. Well, thank you. I will keep you posted. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so similar to Kelly, I think that I have learned that lesson too. And specifically, there is a difference between things that I want to knit and patterns and projects that I like to look at. I might enjoy stocking both, but for some, stocking might just be stocking for eye candy's sake. Yeah, good way to describe similar, it. Similar, like Kelly was saying, she loved those amigurumis and thought they would make a great gift, but then she didn't enjoy making them. And I think there are things that I am learning over the years I love to look at don't necessarily want to make that kid silk haze yarn that I keep bringing up is similar. I love those shawls that I saw that are made with the multiple colors, but when it comes time to cast on, that's not really what I want to cast on. Yeah, you're so not drawn to actually yeah, so knitting the actual it's project. It's more of a stocking for eye candy's sake than stocking to make. So there can be both categories of stocking, I think, because if I look through my past list of things that I've mentioned on the show for stocking, not everything has become a project. Yeah. Some things are just fun to stock and look at the projects of. Sometimes you just like looking at the color combinations or the way a sweater, a garment looks on different people. Some Sometimes it's just fun or seeing people's different interpretations of garments is always fun yeah and then another thing that I've learned over the years is that your color sense can change and if you stash only one color which I kind of do so this could be a dangerous one but if you stash only one color maybe in five years you won't like that color anymore I don't think that's necessarily possible but it can be to a certain degree it it could be possible to a certain degree and then as we're learning now colors come in and out of fashion there are different color trends so certain shades maybe come in and out but your color sense could change and yarn fashions change too as i mentioned the novelty yarns Mm -hmm. if anybody stashed something that was popular 10 years ago maybe it's not popular today so just beware (laughs) have you learned anything else from stashing well like i've already mentioned mostly it's been like don't buy that variegated yarn because you're not going to know what to knit with it and don't buy that just because you're feeling the urge you know let it sit and see if you really want to and so mostly it's been purchasing lessons but also the sense of the sense of pleasure it gives me to pass yarn on to somebody else Mm. and I don't know why. I mean, I've never been a deprived person. I'm pretty incredibly fortunate. So it's not like I thought, oh, the sweater quantity that I bought, oh, it's going to hurt to give this away. I should really keep this. <laughs> the, I don't want to say the wiser I get. I don't consider myself a wise person necessarily. <laughs> but 
the more more experience experience I get with my stash, (laughs) the more and more pleasure it gives me to give something away. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've learned a lot over the years. And like Kelly and certain projects, yeah, I know what kind of projects I don't like to knit anymore. And I have learned over the years that I like garter stitch, (laughs) as we've discussed on recent episodes. So those are probably the biggest lessons I've learned thanks to my stash and trying to match stash with projects. So, yep, those are probably my focuses. Okay. Okay, and our last is... We have Julia Trice. Julia is a fantastic designer Amazing that designer. you can find on Ravelry. She has both garments and accessories, and we'll have a link to her so you can check out some of the things she's designed. If you participate in our group on Ravelry, she also participates there. Yes, and Charlene and I have both knit several of her project mm-hmm. or her patterns and they're extremely well written and very very cute so here is julia we are here with designer julia trice and i am curious julia is your stash all for your work for business for designing or do you have personal stash do you keep it separate or is it all just one big stash right <laughs> um, i have both because i knit for a long time before I started designing, and I built up an enormous stash, <laughs> an enormous stash, and I've given away like three quarters of it. Oh wow! And it's still enormous. <laughs> um, but honestly, I really only knit from stash from my dyers who I work with on a regular basis for designing, and so I'm slowly parting with, with more and more of that yeah. other yarn. Yeah, because I I love it. But I'd rather give it to somebody who's new to knitting and going to actually knit it when they get it mm-hmm. than hoard it. Yeah. And I, I keep it on a separate shelf. Um, but I'm also like, I really have to use yarn. So if I have like a skein left over from a project that I do for a dyer, there's going to be another project in it if I possibly can manage that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I do with my So then if you were knitting a sweater from Shalimar or something Mm -hmm. and you had a skein of Shalimar left over, you Mm -hmm. might use that for a shawl or a hat or a towel design. Yeah, absolutely. And so you'll see a lot of times that I have related designs. Right, like Mm -hmm. a collection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'll have, you know, um, 0.60 of a skein left and that's mittens. So, right, exactly. <laughs> right there. Exactly. Yeah, so that's Good. what I do with it. Yeah. Great. Interesting. Well, thank you for joining us, Julia. And that's Mott. She is Mind of Winter on Ravelry. Yeah. Bye, thank everybody. you very much. <laughs> cool. You are welcome. So, I don't have a professional and personal stash, but I do divide my stash in a particular way. I have different shelves. And different boxes that I keep things in. I tend to keep my all of my sweater quantities together. I have an old dresser that I have mentioned. In fact, somebody asked me once if I could put a picture of that in our Ravelry oh. group. And I haven't yet. And I apologize. And I'll try to do that for this episode. But it's just an average size dresser. And so I have a couple of drawers. And the two bottom drawers tend to house all of my sweater quantities. And then I keep my single skeins together. I try to divide those up by gauge in the smaller drawers. And then I have boxes that have the partials or just odd, odd bits. (laughs) You know what I found? I may have mentioned this on the podcast before. For those odd bits Mm -hmm. in the partials, shoe boxes. Yeah. So like my tennis shoes, I will save the boxes and put the label on the Mm -hmm. outside and then all the weight... You know, I do it by weight, mm-hmm. so all of the sport goes in one box, and all yeah. the fingering, well, it's now fingering single ply and fingering not single ply. <laughs> yes, that's true. They work I really well because they stack too. on each other pretty well. Yeah, so. that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And somebody else in our group had used pretty decorative boxes mm-hmm. to put her projects in, that was and I idea. was thinking you could do that with stash, too, to yep. have your stash visible well the yarn wouldn't be visible but at least you'd have the boxes with the partials out so that you couldn't forget you had them yeah and those (laughs) they were using those pretty boxes like from ross or marshall's or those home decor stores Mm -hmm. that had like pretty pictures of the eiffel tower yes exactly so how about you how do you divide your stash well i'm similar to you i but a little bit different i have one big plastic rubbermaid container for all of my single ply fingering mm. mostly their sweater quantities 
And then I have those awesome rolling plastic drawers that the neighbor was giving away that I found right after Christmas. And that's where it's all organized by weight. So I know exactly where to go if I want a something in fingering weight or worsted weight, mm-hmm. etc. So it's pretty well organized. I'm pretty happy with my organization. And there, I'm trying to think of what I would change with my organization if I could. Because I'm kind of space limited. I don't have a lot of space for stashing. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty happy. I mean, maybe my lace weight drawer could be a bit bigger, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That's certainly not a complaint of any sort. We have small houses in Santa Cruz, and I would agree. If I could change one thing, I would like to have more room for my stash, but it is what it is. Yeah, but then you had that good point just a little while ago that, you know, if your space for stash is limited, well, if there's something in your stash you don't love, move it out so that you have room for the things you love. Exactly. So that's... And the fact that we're we, I say we collectively, I am knitting more with the yarn that I really love for my stash than my stash is reducing over this year. It's reducing a lot because I'm really focusing on what I have and not buying more. So So the other thing that Julia mentioned was if she has yarn for a project and she has a half of a skein left, she uses it for something else. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I are the same that way that we save every partial bit and we might use it for a stripe or yeah, you, Mm -hmm. I just never, Oh, I'm done with that project. I get rid of the yarn. I still use it for something. So it was to the point where I was keeping all of my gauge swatches. And I know some people do that as a practice in general, they label them, they keep a record of it, etc. Well, I don't do that. I just swatch. Usually I pull my swatch out, Mm -hmm. but recently, (laughs) I don't think I remember to tell you this. My friend, Melissa, my running friend, she has two smaller children and they, I passed all my scraps onto them because they live in an area with lots of birds. And the idea was here, oh, put these yeah. out for the birds to use in the nesting. So they were all my yarn ends because I even saved those and, you know, little tiny bits of partial, you know, tiny, tiny bits yeah. that you can't use for anything else. And I shoved all of my gauge swatches that had been in a drawer in the bag too. This is a Ziploc bag. And Catherine, her daughter, not only put them out in the yard, they sprinkled them all over the yard for the birds to use, but she took the gauge swatches and she turned them into little blankets for their bunny rabbits and little hats for their bunny rabbits. And Melissa was sending me these pictures that were just adorable of her kids, like repurposing these gauge swatches. So I've gone through all of my old boxes and harvested all the gauge swatches and I give them to them every few months. I give them some new ones. So yet another thing that you can do with your (laughs) partial bits of yarn, you know, give them to your friends, children to do whatever their creative minds come up with. I like the idea of the little scrap ends being in little nests all over the neighborhood too. too. (laughs) Oh, I so do. Yeah. I think it was Jen Emerson recently had a picture of something. I don't know if she purchased it or if her, if she made it, but it was. Oh, it's a suet feeder. Okay, so it it's actually... a, you can purchase suet feeders, and in the winter time, people put suet in those, and it's in a block. Suet is fat mm-hmm. with the seeds and other edible items mixed into it, so that the birds come and they pick it off, oh. and the suet holds it all together, so it doesn't fall through. So the it's like a wire little box. And it opens up and you can put all your yarn ends in and close it up. And then the birds can go up to the wire and pull their little ends out. Okay, (laughs) that's what it was. I like that. Because I saw in the nursery, we were just there yesterday, and I saw that same device. But I didn't think to look and see what the name of it was. So, yeah, that's just a cool way. If you keep your yarn ends, they can be repurposed for birds yeah. and their nests yeah. and then when then it's probably easier to see nests because you see little bright maybe. bits of yarn maybe that's not good though <laughs> oh gosh for predators oh no well it depends if the predators see colors that's true not that's true do. we're not in the rainforest anymore yeah. i was in the rainforest 48 hours ago <laughs> but i'm not there now oh and one other little tiny story before we wrap up so we're in the middle we're at the top the highest point in costa rica in the cloud forest mm-hmm. there's this tiny little village called santa elena and we're wandering around and, oh, look, there's the pharmacy. Okay, let's go in because they have souvenirs. And look, there's an upstairs. Okay, let's wander upstairs. They sold yarn. Of oh. all the places <laughs> in the world, 
they have a back it's like a haberdashery up there yeah. they had some fabric some ribbons some yarn some buttons i tried really hard to find buttons i liked but they just weren't very cute i don't think i'd be able to resist at least a single skein of souvenir yarn it was all acrylic oh. like burnett oh. and things like that there okay. were i wanted yeah. to be tempted you but i really wasn't yeah. exactly <laughs> but i was just astounded if if you follow me on instagram you saw all my costa rica pictures but there was one of me standing there pointing at the yarn with this goofy smile on my face <laughs> like look what i found i'm in the top of the cloud forest and i found Oh, such a geek sometimes but i'm a happy geek so so if you are not participating in love your stash we hope you will give it a try because it's super fun and thank you again to robbie for masterminding that and we should have the winners to be announced soon, soon. from q2 mm -hmm. and you have until about the middle of q3 quarter three to post your goals so we hope that you join in Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy knitting. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.